Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Well, hello. It is me, your host, Nick, of Nick's Nerd News. Can you believe it is August 4th already? Like, that that's wild to me. <laughs> that we're already in August, dude. I, I am literally, literally in shock. That's why it's wild to me. Wild to me. Um, no, I've been having a good summer, though. That's for damn sure. I mean, every Friday night, I've been helping out the uh, 101 Esports League with their su- Summer of Smash, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournaments. We've been we've been live on Twitch. I've been shoutcasting with, uh, with my co-host Alex over there. I'm not sure if any of you guys got to, to catch any of that. It was, it was really fun. Uh... We're not doing it this week, um, and they're starting their Super Smash Melee tournaments on Saturdays as well. I think we're going to be doing Ultimate again next Friday. Um, I, I don't know yet, uh, but no, it's it's been been really fun doing that and a uh, different new experience. Uh, definitely check out the One One League on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitch, of course. Uh, they're on Discord as well. Um, but no, it's it's been uh, been having a really good fun time for sure, and uh, like I said, definitely definitely check them out. I've been shoutcasting a couple weeks, and I think it's going to be continuing for quite a while. Um, but you know, I I I would hope you guys would support other other uh, things like that. Game it's gaming, of course. I know a lot of you guys come to listen to me for gaming, and they're a local San Diego. Uh, county company as well and i uh and friends so definitely give them a uh, a look if you guys are into that i know not everyone is into watching twitch so i'm, I'm not going to force it but uh, it's definitely there um but of course this is nixner news so why don't we get on with uh what you're here to listen about and not me talk about other things uh of course uh as always you know Give us a like, give us a subscribe, check us out on, on your preferred podcasting platform of choice. Uh, I think we're going to be on Amazon soon. Still no word yet on what the hell's going on with iHeartRadio. Uh, you'd think it'd be easy to get on there. Um, but uh, let's let's just jump right into it, shall we? Wel- welcome in. Uh, welcome new fans. Welcome new friends. Uh, welcome old fans. Welcome old friends. And uh, let, let's just jump right into what's going on in the video game world, shall we? And just like we talked about last week, well, you know, the Halo Infinite technical preview was here this past weekend. Uh, the first weekend, I should say, of the technical preview. It was really fun. And it was uh, mostly bots. Unfortunately, I, I missed playing against other uh, in the 4v4 arena uh, matches where you could play against other players. Uh, but the bots, man, the bots were somewhat challenging. Somehow the Spartan bots weren't as hard as the ODST bots. I don't I don't know how that worked, but I, I had a lot of fun, and it was good to get back into Halo. I'm a little rusty. I haven't played Halo 5 in a while, but this is closer to, to like old-school Halo, though, for sure. I, the new weapons were really good. I liked the new Commando, even though it, it fires all over the damn place. But uh, it, if, it does play well. I did get, uh, I did get a, a kill streak using it, though. Uh, we got our first look at some other weapons um, and their redesigns. The battle rifle is great. The, the assault rifle is 
the best it's been since I want to say Halo One. Um, the sidekick actually does plays really well, and I um, it, it it plays a lot better than I expected to. The bulldog I didn't get a whole lot of time with it just because it wasn't on every map. Uh, it was okay, not super much of a fan of it right now. Um, then. Uh, some of the academy stuff is actually really fun to do. The other guns, though, the Pulse Carbine, which is the new, um, the new like energy weapon from the Banished, is is I'm loving it. It's like a mix between the plasma rifle, uh, the Covenant Carbine, and the um, and like a battle rifle all in one because it does. That does have pulse shots, so I, I really dig it. I tried to get my hands on it as much as I could. Um, the Then there was also... Uh, what did they add? I'm trying to remember what... The Ravager, which is one of the guns they showed off in the trailer last year. Uh, I used it once, and it was, it was really hard to get on some maps. Um, so I, I don't really have a comment on that one. Um, but what I did like was the skewer. I use it a couple times. Just like hitting a guy with it is is great. Um, and then the heat wave, which is that new weapon that actually has dual fire, where you can fire it horizontally or um, or longitudinally, uh, perpendicular. I, I don't know how you want to say it. Um, but that that heat wave is definitely going to open things up. In, in terms of how you might play certain maps. The maps were really good. Uh, Bazaar was great. Um, mine had some audio issues though. So it was, it was a little frustrating playing on Bazaar. Uh, other than that, a lot less gimmicks than what was in Halo 5. Which is which is fine. I, I did like some of the stuff in Halo 5. But I, I get um, why they didn't bring it back. But I, I am very excited to see how it all goes. And I am happy with how it's going so far. This was a two-month-old build. They still have a ways to go, but that was the point of, of what what this technical preview was. And they, they will be having more soon. So I, I can't wait to hop into that and then, of course, play when it launches this fall. Um, we've all been waiting for expansion options on storage for the PlayStation 5. And it looks like we might finally be getting that. It took them long enough. But a new beta uh, update for the um, for the the system uh, system update beta uh, will add M.2 SSD support to the PlayStation 5. Um, unfortunately, it's not ready for wide release. Uh, it is coming soon. There is no official date, um, but it will. Uh, you'll be able to use those in conjunction with the console. Uh, it must be a PCIe Gen 4 NVMe drive, and they are recommending a read speed of 5,500 megabytes or faster. Uh, single and double-sided drives are supported. Uh, it must be 25 millimeters wide, uh, or sorry, 25 millimeter wide drives are not supported, and it must be an M2 drive that is 22 millimeters wide to make sure you have the right size. Um... So if, if you are looking, M2 drives that are going to be labeled 2230, 2242, 2260, 2280, or 22110. Um, but not all M2 drives will meet its specifications. Um, 
You also must install a heat sink to dissipate any additional heat generated by it. Um, oh, what? That's some bullshit. Um, so make sure you look for one that has a built-in heat sink when you go to buy. Uh, but it can't be bigger than 11.25 mil millimeters tall. Um, you can purchase a separate heat sink if you want. Um, that's some really bullshit, though. Like, that that's just... That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can expandable memory, but you gotta have a heat sink. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Don't get me wrong. The Xbox thing, it's a memory card. It's not the best. But it's better than that. And, uh, you know, IGN actually put up a handy-dandy list of the best options that are currently available that would work. Um, and there is the ones with heat sink. So I'm looking. Oh, where is it? I don't know. I guess there's only just the one. Um, this list is terrible. So they are being sold out quickly. Oh, I came too late. The list doesn't exist anymore. Anyway, uh, this other update that is coming to PS5 soon, this one's an official one. It added 3D audio for TV speakers. It added, also added trophy tracking. Um, and let me see... Uh, there's also a new way to view your trophies, um, and, uh, home screen, I gotta log in and see, but you have to be a beta user to see some of this other stuff. Uh, they also fixed the way the library works, and now it's gonna show the installed tab first, um, so that, that will help. I don't know, that's, a. Uh, for beta users mostly. I'll have to log in and see if I notice any of those changes. But it will be interesting to see for sure. And last week, of course, we spent a good chunk of time talking about uh, everything going on at Activision Blizzard. And, of course, there was massive fallout that, that followed. And it, it it's a wild one. Well, in uh, terms of what's going on, uh, former Blizzard developer and ArenaNet Undead Labs founder uh, Jeff Strain um, put out a massive, uh, like a memo, I guess, a letter uh, pretty much advocating for unionization in gaming, especially after everything that, that came out. The, the president of Blizzard, J. Allen Brack, has, has uh, stepped down um, after the lawsuit came out. And uh, he will be replaced by Jen O'Neill and Mikey Barra. Well, Mikey Barra used to, of course, uh, work at work at Xbox. Um, then uh, another walkout group um, has come, and uh, Activision Blizzard employees have formed a new coalition. They've rejected the CEO's choice of a law firm to to handle the investigation. And uh, they are now called the ABK Workers Alliance. They have sent a joint letter to uh, CEO Bobby Kotick uh, criticizing the decision to hire Wilmer Hale as the third-party investigator. Um, 
they also said uh, they're they're not happy with how Bobby Kotick ha- handled it. Uh, he didn't really address their their demands. Um, of course, they walked out last week, last Wednesday, and it it's it's turning into a mess though for sure. Um, it is a long letter, so I'm, I'm not going to read it, but it is available online to read. Um, it's definitely something that, that we should all take into consideration. There was a shareholders meeting this week as well. Um, it was actually yesterday and essentially they, they asked what the hell was going on. And so the COO, Daniel Allegre, uh, he reiterated previous statements by the company um, I, he talked about what's been, what's going to be happening, who's taking over and just essentially trying to do damage control at, as per you would expect from, from major company, uh, especially on an earnings call and investor call. Um, the new blizzard co-lead Jen O'Neill reassured, uh, investors and everyone else at Diablo and Overwatch 2 are still on track and, and aren't going to fall behind. A lot of people said start boycotting Activision games. It's like you don't... I get that 100%. But at the same time, you could be hurting the developers who we don't want to hurt, right? Um, it's a complicated situation. And clearly, Activision fucked up big time. And they should be held accountable for it. So we'll see what the fallout is, especially from other gaming companies, because obviously this is something that is widespread throughout the industry, and uh, we'll see how it ha- what ripple effects it has moving forward. Um, moving on to something a little more fun, uh, the Pokemon Company announced that a new update will be coming to Pokemon Snap. Uh, which actually came out yesterday, and it added three new areas as well as a plethora of new Pokemon. Um, there's a new version of the main, the original map, uh, where you actually shrink down and can take better pictures of different Pokemon. Uh, they added Shroomish uh, to this map, um, as well as Snorlax. Um, that's called the Secret Path. Those are new Pokemon during the daytime. Uh, at nighttime, now there is Fungus that you can take pictures of. There is uh, more Snorlax, uh, different versions of Pavilion. There's Murkrow. There's um, looking to see. Oh, they added actual Pikachu because I'm pretty sure Pikachu wasn't in the game other than on the research lab. Uh, they've also added the Mighty Wide River, um, which they finally finally added fucking Gyarados to the game. Uh, Tropius has been added, as well as Psyduck for Alligator. Uh, more Vavilion patterns. Uh, Ursaring has been added. Uh, Drillbur, as well as Cleffa, of, of all things. Um, that was the daytime additions. The nighttime additions include uh, more, Mav- more Vavilion, more Tropius. Um, let me see. More Swampert, of course. Uh, uh, I think most of these were there. More Drillbur, Cleffa, uh, Gyarados again. Um, they've added, and then of course, and then the new biggest one is the the Barren Badlands. Um, so here they've added Tepig, they've added Mandibuzz, Hippout, or Hippout was there before. 
Um, they've added Swalot, Coughing, Shinx, uh, let me see, uh, Crustle, and Scolipede, Salazzle is, is one you can unlock. Uh, and then, uh, at nighttime, they added, uh, almost all the Vavillion options. Uh, Diglett is there now as well, as well as, uh, Glysaur, uh, was there... And then they added Zeraora as the mythical or legendary Pokemon that you can take a picture of. Um, and those are all the new Pokemon that have been added. Of course, people are mostly happy about how they finally, finally added Gyarados. Like, Magikarp was literally in every friggin' map. And it took them that long to put in uh, Gyarados. So that is now live. Uh, make sure you go and update your Pokemon Snap if you haven't. And it is free. I should clarify. It is a free update. It is a free update. So don't worry about having to pay for that. Uh, and uh, speaking of, of updates, um, starting at after September, uh, when September ends, I should say, uh, Forza Sport Motorsport 7 will no longer be available to purchase. It will be delisted de from digital storefronts and Game Pass uh, after September 15th, actually, excuse me, not even the end of September. And um, it has to do with uh, license uh, licenses and, and things like that. Uh, essentially, it's its end of life, and uh, it's not new. This happens to a lot of games over time, and uh, they first announced, so it was announced this month, Um so they did say, quote, there can be more than 500 licensed partners on any Forza game for cars, tracks, music, etc. And licenses can all have different terms and expirations dates. Um, they said, quote, servers will continue running. Our support team will still be working on the game and will be even able to keep running Rivals events for our partners. End of life just means the game won't be available to purchase, end quote. So make sure you have the game before then. And you will still be able to download and play the game and its DLC. Um... But make sure you buy everything. Um, let me see. So yeah, you'll have to redeem it by um, September 15th. And uh, it's also leaving Game Pass, so just keep that in mind. Um, it won't be available on cloud streaming either. You can buy the discounted version of Ultimate Edition for $19. And I wonder if they'll discount the DLC at all. But end of life, September 15th, Forza Motorsport 7 will no longer be able to be purchased uh, or used on Game Pass or cloud streaming. So keep that in mind if you don't own it already. Uh, circling back to Pokemon... Uh, the Pokemon Company has made a actual real-life version of the Gen 1 bike. So the bike from Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, they are giving it away to a, uh, a winner of a contest. So they're only making one. And you have to live in Japan, though. Um, it's actually really cool looking. It is green. And it does have uh, a tire tread that features Pokeballs and Pokemon. It also plays the music from the games. Um, they are, uh, doing it for finally reaching 1 million followers, um, on, on the game, on their Twitter account, um, 
which is weird. Uh, all you need to do is follow Poketom's Twitter and use the hashtag. I I I don't speak Japanese or read Japanese, so it's a it's it is Japanese characters. Um, you can find it on Kotaku, and it it essentially translates to Pokemon's Million Yen Bicycle. Uh, but you can only win it if you live in Japan. So keep that in mind. It actually looks really cool. I would I would definitely go take a look online. Um, it looks like they pulled it straight out of the games. Literally. Just straight out of the games. And um, a new rumor is floating around that Horizon Forbidden West might be delayed until next year. That'd be a major delay for them. Uh, for Sony, for exclusives, and I, I, I can't stand seeing ads for Ratchet and Clank anymore. I, this is the reason I say that. Um, no official word. It, it is being reported by Bloomberg. Uh, they are saying that Sony is to hold an event in in September, and that's where they will make the official announcement. So let's let's just be on the lookout. I really hope not. I really want to play that game. Um, and then. Uh, Half-Life 2, of course, everyone knows it as one of the most beloved games of all time. Uh, there is a fan-made remaster that has been in the works for quite a while. And apparently it is going to be coming to Steam with Valve's permission. Which is wild, because Steam and Valve are known for not being super friendly on that. Uh, it is being, um... Released as the Half-Life 2 Remastered Collection. Uh, it's being developed by someone named Philip Victor, uh, who is a modder, actually. Um, that's, 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 that's crazy to me that, that Valve is totally on board with it. Um, he made the mod, uh, the Half-Life 2 update mod that he released in 2015. Uh, so I guess this is a pretty much a, a version or better version of that. It will include version uh, episodes 1 and 2. And... We'll see if uh, Half-Life 3 ever gets released, because everyone's pretty sure that it's it's not happening ever, or it's happening always next year. Always next year is, is when it's it's gonna it's gonna come out. We don't know yet. Um, also, be on the lookout this month. Uh, 2K has announced that they will announce a new franchise by the end of the month that will release sometime next year. Uh, speculate wildly. It's obviously something new. And not something that they've done uh, done before. Uh, Sony has also um, confirmed. Uh, this is a new report. Sony says that it has uh, uh, essentially secured enough materials to keep building PS5s and not have to worry about a shortage. So this was uh, during a earnings webcast. CFO Hiroki Totoki explained uh he said that quote for ps5 and the number of units to be sold this year the target has been set and we have secured the number of chips that is necessary to achieve that and regarding the supply of semiconductors we are not concerned unquote uh so they they think they're going to hit 22 million ps5 sold this year i mean they only just hit 10 i don't know if they can sell another 12 um between now and the end of their fiscal year it's possible um, which is through March of next year. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, they sold 2.3 in quarter one, 
They they would need to sell another twelve point five. Um, so we'll see if they get to twenty two point six million units sold since launch. Uh, that would exceed the PlayStation One sales records um, of twenty two point six in a single year. But again, we'll see if they're able to actually achieve this. And I know they say that, but I how did they get semiconductors that other people weren't able to get? That's my question. If Ford cannot get them, if Toyota can get cannot get them, how did Sony get them? Or are they just taking it out of their other products? Is uh, is is my question. And um, that's actually it for gaming. Uh, not a whole lot going on in gaming this week. Uh, July is always somewhat of a slow month in gaming. Um, of course, E3 is June. Uh, Gamescom is next is this month of August. So we'll we'll see if uh, anything big happens at Gamescom this month. I think that's in a couple weeks. Anyway, uh, moving on to to TV here. Uh, Disney Plus has announced when Hawkeye will release, and that will be on November 24th, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the week of Thanksgiving. So Hawkeye comes out the day before Thanksgiving. So you will be able to watch Hawkeye with your family on Thanksgiving Day. That's so weird going with those Wednesday Wednesday release days. Um, But yes, Hawkeye drops uh, uh, November 24th on Disney Plus. Uh we also learned that uh Jody Whittaker will be leaving Doctor Who uh after the next season uh, or series, however you want to call it. Uh her final episodes will air in fall of 2022 uh and uh leaving with her will be the showrunner as well. So I'm sure the search for the next doctor is currently underway and uh there were, we should have a new doctor more than likely by um, by the end of next year, and he will probably take over in in 2023, uh, sometime as they take forever to make Doctor Who seasons for some reason. And uh, it came out this week that apparently Paramount Plus and Peacock were possibly going to jo- join, which doesn't make sense because they're they're two massive competitors, and I. I guess it was uh, it's in the works, but they're on hold because they want to see how the uh, Warner Media Disney uh, Discovery Plus uh, merger pans out. Um, this is from Forbes, and uh, it's interesting. I would not expect those two to merge, of all things. And obviously, they want to make sure they can secure a spot. But Comcast, like NBC and CBS partnering up, is is not a thing. Not a thing anyone expected to hear, especially me. Uh, And I wonder how that would affect just everything with those two. That just, I don't see that, I don't foresee that getting approved if it actually ever comes to fruition. That's a wild thing to me. Uh, We also got our first look at Amazon's new Lord of the Rings show. Uh, A lot of people have been, it's it's just an image, uh, and I have no idea what the hell's going on. But a lot of people are throwing out stuff that, that happened in the Silmarillion and how there's a, a tree in the background that shows off possibly hints at Melkor and the Anduin. And I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But the show will premiere on September 2nd, 
2022. Uh, as we all know, it's already been ordered for two seasons as of right now. So make sure to be on the lookout uh, for that next fall. Um, and they did confirm that it does take place thousands of years before, you know, everything we know and love about the, the main books and what took place in the movies and things like that. But uh, circling back over to Disney+, Plus, uh, Marvel's What If has been confirmed canon. Uh, it does play, take place in the, in the universe, uh, in the Marvel un- MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, it's also been confirmed that Peggy Carter or Captain Carter uh, will be in multiple episodes and will be in both seasons of the show. It is getting two, um, it is getting two seasons, so make sure uh, to be on the lookout for that. Season one starts, though, next Wednesday, a week from today. Um, and also we found out that uh, one of the writers on the show kept trying to pitch Luke Skywalker. They kept telling him, no, he's not an Avenger. Uh, But in the wildest things, one of the writers came up with a story for an episode for What If, and they told him, unfortunately, they would not be able to produce that episode because essentially it was half of the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So a story that a What If writer pitched is actually going to be half of the story of Guardians 3. That's wild. And let the speculation begin on that one. Oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, Also announced was The Mandalorian will start filming Season 3 very soon. uh, Now that that, uh, filming and production is wrapped on The Book of Boba Fett. Uh, And then finally, it was also announced that a new LEGO Star Wars special will air in October on Disney+. Uh, It has to do with, I don't know, zombies or something. It shows like a hand reaching out of a grave. Uh, grabbing, uh, g- holding a lightsaber. So we'll we'll see if maybe it's like Star Wars Lego zombies, of all things. Um, we'll see what happens with that, though. And then, um, so last year it was announced that the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air would be getting like a, a serious reboot, uh, similar to that video that that uh, creator put out. Um, what was his name? Uh, Chris Collins put out. Uh, it was like a viral video showing like a more serious take on the Fresh Prince. Um, he had been hired by NBC and Peacock to create a more grounded, um, somber version for the network that would be like an event series. Well, um, he left the show in December, and now um, their their replacement for him, which was uh, Diana Houston, has now left the show. And they have been replaced, per The Hollywood Reporter, by T.J. Brady and Rashid Newsom, uh, who are going to be taking over as showrunners. Uh, and apparently it's gone, uh, they're going in a new creative direction. It's like, why hire someone to do this and then decide to not do that? And uh, per Hollywood Reporter, it says, uh, quote, a slightly different creative direction, uh, more for a broad-skewing network-style show, in contrast to what they were going to do, which was, quote, edgy premium series, unquote. That doesn't make any sense. It's supposed to come next year. They did order a two... How do you order two seasons of a show that you haven't produced from a showrunner and then get rid of him because of creative differences? Like, what? What? I don't I don't understand how that's going to work. Um, it is being produced by original series creators Andy and Susan Borowitz. 
uh, with Will Smith, Quincy Jones, and Benny Medina. And... Oh, actually, sorry. Chris Collins was not the one who came up with it. Um, Mark Malcolm Spellman is the one who... Um, who are the one who's the one who came up with it and let me see or Morgan Cooper sorry he's the one who who created that uh reboot uh he is still on board as the writer director and co-executive producer so maybe he's changing what he's doing with the show I still think it's very odd that they've been going through these many changes on a show I it's gonna just end up being like the original I'm sure but and Jeopardy has apparently found uh, a new host, and it's not LeVar Burton. Um, per Variety, uh, Sony Television and uh, the Jeopardy folks are in talks with their producer, of all people. Um, it sucks that it's not LeVar, but per Variety, it looks like they're going to be uh, hiring, uh, who's actually a producer of the show, uh, Mike Richards. Uh, he was also a former guest host, and uh, they said Sony says that discussions with several potential candidates are ongoing. Um, maybe Richards might not take it, but it looks like he's the closest and the front runner. Um, he has produced four thousand shows, from The Price Is Right to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and Jeopardy, and. I just, why would they pick someone nobody gives a shit about? Apparently they, he impressed Sony brass. Uh, well, I still think that it should be LeVar Burton, just like the rest of the world thinks it should be LeVar Burton. I mean, that just makes sense, right? Anyway... Uh, two episodes of the shows this week. The Bad Batch finally hit a episode that actually meant something. I, I don't know why it took this long to get to it, but they uh, go on a mission for Rex to rescue a, a clone who went rogue. Uh, turns out it's Gregor. Uh, Gregor was a former clone commando, and uh, if you watched uh, Rebels, he was actually one of the clones that's with Rex on that AT-8TE uh, uh, that they go in, and uh, it's a him, Wolf, and Gregor on it. Uh, this episode, though, it's uh, we get our first look at actual stormtroopers, right? Uh, so the Empire is, is using clone commandos to actually train stormtroopers, and we get our first uh, a major cameo, I should say, and it's it's that of Scorch of Delta Squad. So if you played Republic Commando at all. Uh, the the leader of Delta Squad, his name is Scorch or or RC um, RC one two six two. Well, Scorch actually appears. Uh, he was in an episode of of the Clone Wars as well, um, but he actually is is uh, um, com uh, complicit with the Empire. It looks like Order sixty six worked on him, uh, and he does appear in. Um, this most recent episode of the uh, the 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 Bad Batch, um, he doesn't speak, but he does uh, essentially appear uh, in the episode, and it's a great callback to to Republic Commando. They're pretty much known as um, 
Imperial Commandos now, which was a great, which was the final book in the Re Republic Commando series. And, um, oh wait, no, sorry. Scorch is not the leader of Delta Squad. I don't know why I thought so. Boss is. I don't know. Um, I don't know why I thought that. Anyway, um, that's really strange that I thought Scorch. Anyway, Scorch is a major, uh, member of that. I don't know why I thought, uh. The orange one. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, it was nice to see um, the Republic Commandos come back. Uh, most of them are uncolored, so we don't know who they are exactly. Um, but it was nice to see a callback to them. It was nice to see Scorch. Scorch is a, a great character. And it'll be interesting to see if, if any of the other ones uh, show up in the Bad Batch. So we'll we'll see how um, we'll see how those all play out in the future, considering there's only two episodes left. So we'll see how that plays out, and, and who knows? Maybe we can bring some other legends characters like Kalskarat. I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. Anyway, uh, great episode of Rick and Morty as well. Um, it was their Voltron-like episode, but it was the Gotrons, and Rick gets power hungry with with Gotrons. Um, it's a great, like, anime riff, but also, like, a riff on, like, mob movies and, like, Goodfellas with voiceovers and uh, just, like, very mob, mafia movie-inspired characters. And honestly, it was a great episode. Very summer-focused, which we don't get a lot of. So it was nice to see. Uh, it was nice to see Morty kind of being like, hey, everyone, kind of wake up for once. But it, it's definitely... This season's been great of Rick and Morty Season 5, and... um I think it's on episode six or seven. I, I hope, I hope it continues down with a couple more episodes because they they have to go out big for the season finale this year for sure. Um, that is it for uh, TV. Uh, let's wrap it up with movies a bit. Unfortunately, I did not get to see. Um, I did not get to see Jungle Cruise. Just things did not work in my favor. Um, I am going to see Suicide Squad though this weekend. Um, I don't know, though, when I'll get to see Jungle Cruise, unfortunately. Um, but Jungle Cruise did take the weekend with 34.2 million box office, another 30 million on Disney Plus, surprisingly, and then uh, 60 million international to, to do 90 million this weekend, which is pretty, pretty big, actually. Um, but uh, going over to DC here, uh, J.K. Simmons is apparently in talks to return to the role of Commissioner Gordon for the Batgirl film, for the DC uh, Batgirl film that will be on HBO Max. Uh, it'll be nice to have him back as Gordon. We didn't get enough of him in the Justice League movie. Um, we've also found out that Jolo... Uh, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I don't think I'm saying that right. Sholo um, uh, Maraduena... Um, who is in the Cobra Kai show on Netflix and YouTube, um, will be uh, possibly joining the Blue Beetle movie as Jaime Reyes. Uh, of course, Jaime is a uh, Latino character who takes on the Blue, ba Blue Beetle mantle in the comics. I don't think I'm saying that right. Um, that might be ha Holo. I don't remember. I'm, I'm failing it at my Spanish. Uh, speaking right now. I'm trying to remember what the X sound is. Anyway, uh, so we might have our new Blue Beetle. And then David Ayer, 
um, was interviewed, I think, by Variety, essentially wishing James Gunn well. He, he hopes the movie does well, and he understands that, you know, he's he's still frustrated over what happened with his Suicide Squad film, and um, yes, it was essentially co-opted by the studio, but he will no longer speak publicly about his version of the film or, or the Ayer cut or anything like that. So do not expect David Ayer uh, to make any more comments on, on his version of the film publicly uh, as, as he is, he will not do it. He doesn't want to take away from James Gunn and, and his film because he's being respectful and he understands and he has no ill will towards James Gunn. I don't want people to think that because, or he doesn't want people to think that because that's not the case. Um, but do not expect him to, to speak out about, about the air cut or join any uh, fan campaign for that or anything of that nature. And then uh, moving on, of course, the, um, we all know how, how Christopher Nolan has worked with Net Warner brothers for a very long time. And, uh, of course he was frustrated with, with their decision to put things on HBO max and stream and everything like that. Um, and in a bid to woo him, Netflix's chief film officer or head of filmmaking uh, wants to do his damnedest to get Christopher Nolan to release his next movie on Netflix first. I don't think that's ever going to happen because that's just not the type of filmmaker Christopher Nolan is. Um, but but it's nice to watch Netflix want to try. Um, then we also found out that Taika Waititi, who is making a Flash Gordon film, uh, which was originally supposed to be a, a animated film, uh, they've decided to switch to make it live action. Uh, of course, uh, his Akira movie is on hold, if not canceled. But he will now be making a live action version of Flash Gordon. And then, um, in a new move, we found out a new live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is in the works. And th this is going to be separate from the animated film that, that Seth Rogen is producing. But Colin, Colin Jost, who uh, is known for uh, being on Saturday Night Live, he hosts Weekend Update, he's married to Scarlett Johansson, uh, is, is going to be writing the new film with his brother for Paramount, a new live-action uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles movies. No word on if it's going to be related to uh, the most recent ones that starred Megan Fox and Will Arnett. Uh, Michael Bay is producing this new one as well, or if it will somehow be tied to the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. And uh, before we go to our final topic of the day, which isn't movie related, I um, oh, there's two more things. Uh, we got our first trailer for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and that movie looks a million times better than the first one. I actually kind of want to see this. Woody Harrelson looks amazing as, as Cletus Cassidy turning into Carnage. But, uh, I don't really care about those movies. Anyway, I want to talk about the ongoing beef with Scarlett Johansson and, and Disney right now. Uh, if you're unaware, Scarlett Johansson is going to be suing Disney over lost profits due to Black Widow being released on Disney+. Plus Because I guess her, her contract stipulated she would get a cut of box office. And... Even, like, Kevin Feige is upset over it, but... Uh, so, essentially, Scarlett Johansson is, is suing them over a breach of contract um, because of, of the way it was released. Uh, her... 
lawsuit says, quote, Disney intentionally introduced Marvel's breach of agreement without justification in order to prevent, to prevent Miss Johansson from realizing the full benefit of her bargain with Marvel, unquote. Okay, so see, now they're saying that they wanted to cut her out. This is where she might lose. Um, Disney, of course, uh, went on to say that it says, quote, no merit whatsoever. And it is, quote, sad and distressing in, this, in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, fully complied with Mr. Hansen's contract, unquote. And also said, quote, has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date, unquote. And they also said, quote, Disney has fully complied with Miss Johansson's contract. And furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date, unquote. So this is where Disney comes off as like, oh, well, the pandemic. And it's like, well, then maybe you should have changed the contract. But if she's making money off the Disney Plus stuff, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, she's claiming she's lost $50 million. I mean, if, what are you going to do with $50 million? You already got $20 million. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, there's rich people going after other rich people. And a, a lot of people are like, I don't give a fuck, right? Um... Her talent agency went on to say that um, <laughs> they said that, quote, shamelessly and falsely accused Ms. Johansson of being insensitive to the global COVID pandemic in an attempt to make her appear to be someone they and I know she isn't, unquote. They also said that, quote, Disney is, quote, an attempt to weaponize her success as an artist and businesswoman as if that were something she should be ashamed of. Scarlett is extremely proud of the work that she and all of the actors, writers, directors, producers, and the Marvel creative team have been a part of for well over a decade, unquote. Look, now we're hearing Emma Stone might sue them. I don't care if you're a, a dude, a frog, a girl, a dog, a child. Like, you're fighting over millions of dollars that what what were you actually going to do with? This is money that most people can't even fathom. You're already getting more than most more money than most people can fathom. I don't even know if you can spend that much money in a year unless you're wasting it on shit that is overpriced to begin with, right? Don't get me wrong, I would love to have that kind of money, right? But like even if even if it didn't go to Disney Plus what if you didn't make all that money? You're gonna sue them because it didn't do well enough. That that's my question. And and granted, full disclosure, I'm a Disney shareholder. But what what I don't understand is is her claiming that they did this on purpose. That that is where she is not gonna win this, right? I can understand where she lost out money because they decided to not put it in theaters. But to claim they did this on purpose so they wouldn't have to pay her, that's where, that's a bit of a stretch. We'll see how this all plays out. It's very interesting. We'll see if other actors follow suit. Um, the final thing I wanted to talk about, though, was the new Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, which is the, essentially it's a, a Star Wars hotel that Disney built at Walt Disney World. 
Uh, it's technically not a hotel because it is a two-night adventure. It, it is an experience. And it's quite expensive. They uh, put out a new, like, sizzle reel advertisement. So it's a, a full two-night experience. And it's quite expensive. Very expensive. And people are not having it. So... Uh, it starts where you can get a, a cabin, because remember, you're technically on like a star cruiser in space, like a cruise, right? Uh, standard cabin can sleep up to four or five passengers and includes a queen bed, two berths or bunk beds, and a wall pull-down bed. It will also come with a pull-out table, TV, window into space, because we don't know if there's going to be actual windows, mini fridge, hairdryer, safe phone, and bath products. Now, these prices include tickets so um if it was just two people it equals out to be about 1209 per guest per night or 4800 dollars three guests per cabin uh is 889 per guest per night or 5299 and for a family of four five nine nine Nine. $6,000 for a family of four for a two-night experience, which doesn't even include most people spending a week at Walt Disney World. That, that, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, like I said, while it does include tickets, it's a one-day ticket. Uh, it includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner, a quick service meal, valet parking, and your exclusive magic band. Uh, there are also suites that are available that can sleep four, that have a, a sitting area, double vanity, bar area, and two windows into space, uh, and other surprises. Um, there is the uh, very expensive suite for up to eight people called the Grand Captain Suite. Uh, has a living space and seating area, a second bathroom, three windows into space, and more. Uh, there's a hundred total rooms, so good luck getting a spot to begin with, even at those prices. Um, food and dining experiences will include um, the Crown of Corellia Dining Room, uh, which is a table service supper club with special musical appearance by a galactic superstar. Uh, the second night, uh, you'll have the Taste Around the Galaxy, which will have different meals inspired by different locations and planets. Uh, breakfast and lunch will also be served in the Crown of Corellia dining room and will feature colorful fare from all over the galaxy, um, including familiar favorites from your home planet. That's funny. Uh, there will be coffee and blue milk. Uh, there will also be a Sublight Lounge, which is a uh, social bar experience, so alcoholic drinks are not included in that price. Um, and then you can also arrange to sit at the captain's table for a special dining experience with extra courses in, uh, that the captain loves. Uh, you can also, uh, so here's a sample itinerary. It will include lightsaber and bridge training and high other things. Um, so it's, you can set your own Star Wars story. It says it's quote, part live immersive theater, part themed environment, part culinary extravaganza, part real-life role-playing game, and yet so much more, unquote. Uh, you can join the First Order or the Resistance, 
or join some smugglers or just, you know, be the uncool parent and just have a beer at the, at the bar. Um, Kylo Ren, Ray, Chewbacca will all be uh, run into on, on the trip. Uh, you can assist them on missions. Uh, this will all be carried out by the Star Wars Datapad experience, which is via the Play Disney Parks app. Um, that's where all your itinerary will be. You can interact with the crew and others. You can receive communications. Um, also, how you get invited to secret meetings. And you can also become a Jedi and wield a lightsaber. Uh, and face off against a remote training device. This is where you can get their new uh, retractable lightsaber. And uh, that's going to be the first place to do that. Bridge training will also give you the chance to learn about the bridge of the ship called the Halcyon. Uh, crew, crew will teach you how to help with navigation, power, defense, and other critical systems. Um, you will then go to the Black Spire Outpost on Batu, which is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, you get to go uh, on both rides, and uh, it says events on the ship and the rides will both help tell the full story of this adventure, so you want to do everything, essentially. And the... Uh, you can have Sabak lessons, uh, like I said, live music, outer room regalia, and droid racing competitions. Uh, there will be, unquote, unexpected story mo moments, unquote. Um, so you can either meddle or join smuggling. I, I don't know. Um, they also encourage you to dress up for the part, which is a first for Disney. They usually don't like adults dressing up in costume. Um... That's actually kind of cool. That That's up to you, though. And uh, when it was originally thought to open next fall, it will now open next spring. And while I was hoping to do this, I don't think I can afford this experience. 40... That... For two people, for it to be over four grand is a little excessive. Like, I get it, and I get that it includes tickets, but it's technically a one-day ticket to Hollywood Studios, which is not their premier park. I know Galaxy's Edge is there, but... And then six grand? Six grand for a family of four? Uh, like, a year after a pandemic? Dude, Disney, what the fuck are you doing, dude? That is the most outrageous pricing scheme I have ever seen. And even for Disney, dude, that is outrageous. That is the most outrageous, ridiculous thing I've ever seen, even for them. And I get that it's a full-on experience. This is not a normal hotel. I understand that. But to charge these prices, and I get that you're, they're trying to make their money back, especially on a 100-room hotel, but... This isn't like a normal Disney hotel where people are staying there for a week, right? You're churning and burning people two days. And they're not really supposed to leave the experience. But, man, I... I'm not okay with this pricing. I am not okay with that. And I... I 1,000% foresee them adjusting this price in the near future. I... I totally do not see this price lasting very long 
That that is just that is unfathomable unfathomable for them to think that it would be okay to charge that. That's just not not right in my opinion. That's excessive. That is beyond excessive. Like I don't you don't even pay that much for a cruise. And technically this is a cruise. I, and like I get everything is included, but that that's that is outrageous. That is outrageous. I don't know. But that's it for Nixner News. Um like I said, check out our partners. Uh, well, not partners, but my good friends at the 101 Esports League, at the 101 League on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, also on Twitch.tv. Uh, I, I think we'll still be shoutcasting some events on Fridays coming up. Uh, not this Friday. Uh, and they will be doing Super Smash Melee uh, starting on Saturday. Um, but uh, that's it for Nixner News this week. Again, I'm your host, Nick. This has been Nixner News. Today is August 4th. Uh, as always, check out nixnernews.com where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser or if you prefer, you can find links to our Spotify uh, or you can listen to us on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Uh, like, subscribe, share, rate, do whatever you want over there. Uh, also, while you're there, check out our social media tab where you can find our uh, feeds of our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where we post a lot of fun memes and uh, or follow us at Nick's Nerd News on your preferred social media platform of choice. Um, with that being said, I will catch you guys on the flip side.